in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Sokol. Today, we're reviewing the superhero film Morbius. This is based on the Marvel comic character of Morbius the Living Vampire. This was produced by Columbia Pictures and Sony in association with Marvel. Well. Folks, Morbius, you know, we had Venom, we had Venom, let there be carnage. This is the next slot coming in here of this Spider-Verse, this uh, Sony Spider-Man universe, where they're trying to build a whole set of films, probably to get to eventually a Sinister Six, which they still have not done. Even No Way Home, we thought, was going to be a potential Sinister Six film. Nope, there's only five. Uh, Six, if you count the tree. If you haven't seen the film, you're probably confused by that statement, and that's all right. But uh, Morbius, <laughs> this is a movie that felt like it's taken ages to come out, because it has. It uh, was supposed to come out way back in, like, 2020, and it's been postponed and postponed and postponed. And now, finally, here in 2022, we got Morbius. And this was written by Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless, and directed by Daniel Espinoza, with Jared Leto starring as Michael Morbius. So... Taylor, before we get into our review, this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Ooh, yeah, so you have been warned. You've been warned because, of course, when it comes to comic movies, we got to talk about all the details, all the plot points, even if there's not that many. So, Taylor, what is the general plot of Morbius? And then we'll go into our spoiler review. So our main character, Morbius, played by Jarrett Leto, he is a... Brilliant uh, scientist, a biochemist, and he, for all his life, he has suffered from this debilitating bloodborne disease. And so he's trying to find a way to, you know, save his condition and also others like him. And uh, it leads him down to doing some very, you know, unethical, you know, treatment that's not approved as he experiments with uh, kind of gene splicing with bats, vampire bats specifically, and human DNA. So the serum that he creates. Although uh, works has some deadly side effects, and now he is kind of throughout the film trying to come to grips with what he's become and what he must do to stay alive. Now, off the bat, because this is a combo vampire film meets superhero film, it's it's an interesting plot to think of. Like, what if you you know you're trying to do something that's really good for a lot of people, but the side effects are you become this monster. And having this inner demon of, well, now I have a desire to feed on blood. And do I give in to those urges? Or do I try to find a way to fight it and still be the good scientist slash doctor I am? The first thing that's so confusing about this film, which was very the same kind of very similar to how they did the Venom films, is Venom, as we know, is a villain. You know, there's, there's times where, yes, Venom fights with Spider-Man or like, fights on maybe a good side in some of the comics, but Venom for us as a general character is a villain. Morbius, for those who probably either know the comics or especially remember the cartoon series, you know, we yeah, were kids, he, he, mm-hmm. he'd pop up from time to time. Morbius is a Spider-Man villain. He is not 
a good guy. You know, it's 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 rare. Most vampires usually uh, are on the uh, the bad side uh, because of the whole wanting to drink blood kind of thing. But in this, it's like they're trying so hard to find this hero side, this good nature side to Michael Morbius that it defeats the point of the film, which is we want to see when he becomes this thing where it takes him, the dark side it takes him, which we do a little bit. We'd get a little bit of that, but it's not enough. And I think that was the problem with this whole film is really it's the tone is first off, it's rated PG-13. And we know that once PG-13, there's probably a good chance it's not going to have really the gore element that you expect from a vampire film where, you know, this guy has really sharp teeth and extremely sharp claws. So anytime he would swipe someone, you expect to see a bunch of blood. It was always shot in a way where it's either in the dark or you just kind of hear it. Yeah, you could hear the blood. And that's it. <laughs> Even when he would eat something, it would barely be a little bit of blood on his chin. Um, and it's just one of those things where this would have benefited from being rated R. If you're going to do a vampire f- film, you got to go for broke. It's, you know, it, it felt like because of the editing and that, I felt like I was watching like the uh, TV version. Oh, we're not allowed to show this for kids. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the whole film does the it does one of those uh, things where a lot of superhero films do where we get the first scene of them going to Costa Rica. And we saw this in the trailer where they set this trap up and he he cuts his hand a little bit and there's a shit ton of vampire bats in this cave. And he's trying to capture some so he could take them home to eventually do the blood test on them. Well, the thing is, like, they do that, and then it cuts to them in a flashback. And then when the flashback scene ends, it then cuts to modern day, post this whole vampire bat capture thing. And we never go back to Costa Rica. We never go back to see, like, why. I think that was a, this is the biggest problem about this movie. It was so choppy with the editing and the storytelling. I think a lot was cut. I think a big problem with this film is if they had taken way more time with a younger Morbius growing up, seeing how he really wants to fight for good and to help people. And then on the flip side, his friend Lucian, who he dubs the name Milo, if we had seen the the trail of why he is so power hungry and maybe how he became so successful, he's like super rich and we never really know why. If there was those kernels there, it would have made more sense of why when ultimately they both have the same fate why they're two sides of the coin yeah it's not really earned and like that's the thing like jared leto he's fine in the role but because we don't have all that backstory i don't really i wasn't really getting into his character like i don't really care i want i actually don't want him to be good i want him to kill people you know (laughs) i want him to you know do all this but i didn't i didn't feel like a connection with him i don't know if that's just because that's the character he's trying to create this kind of very dry you know, kind of morbid kind of humor. Yeah, which, I mean, I get if you have a disease where most of your life you thought tomorrow might be my last. And you're probably, and he probably really isolated. You think about that. He's made fun of, they were made fun of his kids and stuff. So it's probably like he wasn't really hanging out at parties, you know, and things like that. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of companions apart from his friend Milo. And, but yeah, we have like this whole scene, like in the beginning where he's supposed to accept like this award uh, in like Sweden or something. And then it cuts to him in New York with one of his patients and they have like the newspaper headline, the Daily Bugle, which of course was a cool little 
that they uh, put that in there. But it's like uh, <laughs> being like uh, you like cursed off the the board there and like didn't accept the award. So it's like, is he like he doesn't care about actually being praised for his work or it was yeah it was confusing. I didn't get like where am I supposed to feel for this guy apart from he's he's ready to do anything he can to survive, which leads to then this whole experiment on the ship where he actually becomes this vampire. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It felt very generic. When you have a superhero film, you like casting, cause I think Jerry is a fine actor, um, but it's all about like casting, but also I gotta really enjoy this character. Why am I going to stay involved if I don't you're not feeling it? And you you nailed on the head that it, was, it didn't pay off very well. Yeah, I think he was rightfully cast. I think it just wasn't written well. And I bet there's more in the comics that they could have pulled from that would have maybe shown a little bit of where his allegiance lies in terms of whether he's going to give in to his demon or not. Because a lot of the film is once he becomes a vampire and we have that really awesome action sequence of him on the ship, just taking out all these hitmen and these thugs. And it's, I will say, I really do kind of like the CGI element of whenever he's like moving, there's a really cool slow-mo element they will do where he's super quick, but everyone else is slow. Uh, there's kind of a wispy kind of like smoky. Very, very similar to like kind of Nightcrawler when he used to teleport and stuff in the X-Men, you know. And I actually really liked the look of how they did all that. And actually the design of him as a vampire, I thought was really cool. It just, again, they needed to have the gore element. But then when he's kind of back in New York trying to figure everything out, this whole thing about he has the fake blood that he's created, and which is blue, and then he has real human blood. And I, I like the element of, okay, let me try the blue blood. Okay, I can last six hours and still be fine. But after six hours, I'm going to get really hungry but it's going to start to shrink. It's not going to last me as long. So if naturally you have to think if this solution is not going to work, that means I have to drink human blood. Well, just like with venom, if he started to pick up on, well, maybe if I take out bad guys and drink their blood, I'm doing a service to society and I get what I need so I can remain mostly human. That never like happened in the film. There never was a moment where we see him like, Oh, maybe I can use this for good. It just was constantly like, I got to drink blood and figure out what I'm doing. And, and then we had this whole situation where he, he gets arrested in the most stupid way. There's a really cool shot you see in the trailer where like he jumps way up this huge like parking structure near a police station or near like the, the hospital. And all of a sudden he's like on the roof. And there's a thing that comes up later about how he can kind of fly due to the wind and stuff. And he's kind of confused at first. He's almost fallen off the, the, the building. And then Tyrese Gibson, which we'll get to the whole cop element in this movie, is like also up on the roof. I'm like, what, did he teleport up there? That was like several stories. And then he gets arrested. And he's in jail. And it was so just like boom, boom, boom. It almost felt like they were like, we have an hour and a half to tell this story. That's what it felt like. It felt like everything was so quick. And I think this would have benefited more from having like a true, if this was an MCU Morbius, it would have been like a two hour, 10 minute film with a lot more depth to it. And it's, it just was the, the typical standard we're seeing now with Sony, choppy, choppy, quick, quick, quick. Even at the end, it felt like it just kind of ended. Okay, we, we take out the, the bad guy and then all of a sudden, like where's the next scene? And then we have this weird thing where, and like, and I read in the comics, his, his the actress who plays uh, Martine, um, 
Martin uh, Adria Jorna, uh, Martin Bancroft. She's a big love interest in the comics. So I was like, let's see if she's in the comics. And then there's a scene where all of a sudden, like, she dies and she wakes up and she's now a vampire. And I'm like, okay, that could have been a post. That could have been a post credit scene. That yeah. So I mean, as we brought up with uh, Milo, Matt Smith, I think is actually really fun in this movie. He was probably one of the highlights for sure. He, he, he plays up that very typical, which we've seen in the past done many times, the, the very, you know, weak friend who also needs the same, you know, life-saving surgery or, you know, thing to survive. But his demons go way further. So he, he, he eventually, you know, he's the one that's funding all of Morbius's experiments. And we never really find out why he's so super rich. And Jared Harris, who is a great actor, who really is kind of wasted in this film, he doesn't really get to do much. He was the one that, when they were young boys, uh, took care of them in Greece, and he's kind of continued to care for Milo throughout his life. They have to do blood, you know, fusions every day, and and he's kind of like the voice of reason. But he can tell that with all these attacks going on in New York, that something's going on. And Milo himself takes one of the serums; he becomes a vampire, and he's definitely in this camp of why should we not live this up we're better now we're evolved we've been we were dying our entire life this is our cure this is our chance so what if we have to drink blood i'll kill as many people as i want if it means i get to stay this way so we're seeing the two sides definitely and it does lead to some really cool like epic vampire vampire fights so we're getting the slow-mo element where like it's really quick and them swiping each other when he got to the big ending and the big end fight although it was like visually very like you know this is the eye popping scene where they put a lot of money in it then yeah it's like the the scene ends he's defeated milo milo he puts the you know the anti-serum in him so he he fades away and because of all the stuff he just dies right there and then he flies away with all these vampire bats and the cops who've been looking from this whole time and trailing this whole you know murder scene and what's going on he just like flies into the night and it was like morbius and i was like what, what does that even mean? Like, that, yeah, it gives you no clue of where his thoughts are now. This whole movie, he's battling not wanting to be a vampire. Now he's okay with being a vampire. I mean, he I would just Dragon Ball Z on this other vampire, which is, <laughs> I don't know how that works. I thought it was very nuts. Like he controlled these bats at one point. And it's like, okay, well, doesn't Milo have the same powers? That was like, and his name was Lucian. And then like, they forget about his first name. I, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, the whole, no, uh, the kid before you was Milo, and you'll be the next Milo. None of that made any sense to me. Yeah. But, I mean, I liked, I liked you know, if, if, if there's highlights of the film, I think some of the CGI elements and the way that they did the fighting was cool. The echolocation element where, like, his eyes go really like, white and you see, like, black in the middle. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that visual, the way they did that was really cool. And it was like the potential was there. There was great potential of this film. There's one hallway sequence in the hospital where he found out it was actually Milo. It was actually really creepy because you see, like, I always think, I always think it's funny, like a hospital at night. I'm like, there's no way any hospital in the world ever has lights off. Like, they're just always on, you know. But it was like the lights kept flickering, and we saw like a shadow jump up to the ceiling. We think it's Morbius, you know, given into his uh, hunger, but it was actually Milo, and it was actually a really creepy scene. And I was like, we needed like four of those in this movie. We got the ship. And we got that. That was it. And we're even like have a little bit more like don't show what he looks like until like like a little bit very end, almost like kind of the beast transformation. But yeah, again, it's you know, it goes down to Chris to kind of wrap this up. It goes to concept versus execution. Great concept, but just to just uh, not execute it. Well, I, I definitely agree. Concept versus execution. 
and in terms of just confusion because i don't think sony knows what the hell they're doing and, and clearly clear. that was this represented is... <laughs> in the post-credit scenes so if you remember too something we have to kind of bring up because i think it's interesting to talk about for this movie to take three years or so to actually come out with all the trailers we've got we saw images of what looked like toby mcguire's spider-man spray painted on the wall in yes. one trailer michael keaton was represented as adrian tombs as we saw you know vulture and references that this is indeed around when venom had recently you know which happened. i mean they did bring up the cops said you know san francisco mm-hmm, clearly exactly. venom and then even he did he does do the line in the film i am venom uh and so we're getting that but we get this post-credit scene of there was no if you notice michael keen's not in the entire film until the post-credit scene we have the big spell from No Way Home where all the villains were sent back to their universe. Well, in the, in the first, really, what is the stupidest of the two, Adrian Toomes was not from another universe. He was in Tom Holland's Spider-Man universe because he was there in Homecoming. He's, he lives in that world. That's where he's from. So it was so stupid that all of a sudden he magically fades away to what is the Venom Morbius universe. And he's in a jail cell. He looks around and he goes, well, I hope the food's better than this joint. And because he's magically appeared in a jail that he was not previously in, he's proven to be an innocent man. And that was post-credit scene number one. Honestly baffled by Sony's stupidity. That makes no sense at all. Now to make things worse, then we get the second post-credit scene, Taylor, where, <laughs> what again, this whole movie, what did, what did the whole movie tell us? Morbius is a good guy or he's an anti-hero or however you want to do it. He's, he's like Venom. He's fighting for good. He doesn't want to become this evil thing. And then all of a sudden, Vulture shows up with a whole new suit and meets Morbius out in the desert somewhere. And he's like, hey, uh, I don't know how I got here. I think it's something to do with Spider-Man, but I think you and I and a couple guys should team up. We can do some good. And Morbius is like, intriguing. What? Yeah, and that's it. That is it, folks. This is this is what it feels like. It feels like you look at the MCU and their track record of just really, you know, placing the puzzle pieces to lead to the Avengers, to lead to Infinity War, to lead to where they are now. It's all worth it. You know, you have that payoff. Sony feels like they're like, crap, we need to rush to get to a Sinister Six film. And it just, I'm surprised by how just, terrible this feels and now we have craven the hunter coming up and madam webb so i don't know sony i don't know what you're doing but sony really i think needs to look at the ratings you know morbius got a 16 percent on ron tomatoes for critic score which is like one of the lowest that they've had so far i think it might be time sony just gives their characters back to 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 kevin feige just do it because clearly that partnership is working better than this but taylor you know at the end of the day, what's your final rating for Morbius as a film? Let's not really even count the post-credit scenes because that's just trash. Well, I will say just, you know, I'm going to be very generous with this and probably going to give it um, 5 out of 10. Uh, the reason only giving 5 out of 10 and not lower is because I really like some of the action sequences um, and there, there was a lot of potential, but that's all that kind of saved me for it. I think I'm going to say the same. I mean, I'd go maybe 5.5, but we're not really going to have us on this show. But I would agree, like a 5 out of 10. It, there's, there's cool action sequences. There's stepping stones. The potential was there. 
It just wasn't executed and it was edited terribly. So hopefully one day we will see a better sequel or whatever they're going to do with Morbius next. Who knows? But for now, may rest in his grave because woof. Uh, So we'll see. We'll see. But you can go continue to watch Morbius in theaters while you can. And this was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.